1: There is no better group of power and forms of the shrubby potentilla.
0: Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to answer some of your gardening queries and to help you with what you should be sowing this season. Later on, I'll be joined by one of the leading figures in the seed business. Commercial Director of DT Brown, it's Tim Jeffries. Tim and his staff put together a seed and plant catalogue which is over 200 pages long. So what he doesn't know about seeds isn't worth knowing. Our thanks to Mr Fothergill Seeds, sponsors of this podcast. On the news front, I have to tell you that the uh, Garden Relief Day that the horticultural trade holds uh, in March was uh, unbelievably successful again. I think that a charity walk organised by Scottsdale Garden Centre in Cambridge raised thousands of pounds for the Green Fingers campaign, which goes to children's hospices. I understand that you're buying too quite a lot of the uh, daffodil bird feeder, uh, which uh, generates money for Murray Curie Cancer Charity. It looks like a daffodil, but it's made of cast iron and painted yellow. And the flower stands straight up. I'm not too sure about it as a purist, you know. I like my daffodil flowers to be at a 90 degree angle. But nonetheless, it's a good charity. Uh, There's plenty of people now apparently getting their bird feeders uh, with that donation. And I've seen this week in the garden, my first lily beetle. Lily beetles are bright red. You can't miss them. And they tend, when they emerge in spring, to go straight to fritillaria, the uh, snake's head uh, fritillary. And so I like to keep an eye on those from the next uh, few weeks. And as soon as I see one of those red beetles, if you can uh, cup your hand underneath the plant and just tap it so the beetle drops down into your hand, then dispose it as you think fit. Every one that is uh, disposed of, shall we say, will save you a lot of aggravation later on. If you're a little bit uh, hesitant and you let the beetle fall, it drops to the ground upside down and it's black underneath and very difficult to see. So do your best to cap your hand underneath. They move, of course, from the fritillaries to lilies. Uh, and Once they've laid eggs and the eggs hatch, then their larvae absolutely strip the leaves off all kinds of lilies. I've been busy too repotting a number of uh, perennial plants on uh, the back step. And i found that some of the evergreens, the pots are really dry. I mean, if you've got a biggish woody plant in a pot and in breezy weather it blows over, that's a pretty sure sign that the compost has got very dry and very light. And it will need two or three waterings to get it uh, really wet again. Now, I've got a pampas grass, for example, that was uh, absolutely full of root and very dry. Gave that a good soaking and then got my spade out and cut it into three bits. Very good time to split up, Pampas. Uh, The one I've got is not that big a growing. It's a variety called Silver Feather with variegated edge to the leaves and uh, quite an attractive thing. And it makes a pretty good container plant, if you like grasses. There's uh, another thing really you need to do if you've got wallflowers or sweet williams or pansies, Brompton stocks, or even uh, spring cabbage, anything that's overwintered, now is a good time to give that a little bit of fertiliser. Grow more is probably cheapest. Those of you who are of an organic frame of mind uh, would probably use chicken pellets. And the uh, slightly more expensive but uh, easier system is the slow-release granules. If you can just apply a little fertiliser now and then just tickle up the surface just break the crust and let the air in Uh, within days you'll see all of those plants improve with just that little bit of extra fertilizer i've started to sow too Uh, where you see the weed seed starting to grow in cultivated ground then it's usually pretty safe to start sowing the hardy veg and if you put a few radish in they germinate very quickly and if you see them starting to come through then that's the red light to get cracking on a number of other of the hardier types. Hardy annuals, the cornflower, gadicia, clarkia, larkspur, all those kinds of things can be sown now as long with most of the hardy veg and here I'm thinking of uh, round seeded peas, uh, broad beans certainly, cabbage, cauliflower, you can start to think about sowing leeks, Uh, and you certainly need to get the onion sets in if you haven't done that already. Well, I'm very pleased to uh, welcome today the commercial director of DT Brown, Mr Tim Jeffries. Tim, we've known one another for a bit.
1: We have indeed, Peter been a, a fair few years in the industry, I think
0: but you came from a different industry into the garden business didn 't you
1: i did i I'm, I come from the food industry, believe it or not, um, and i 'm um, not a trained horticulturist, I just love gardening, uh, but I left the university and worked in food marketing and advertising agencies. And then um, I saw my dream job come up, really, which was a marketing role within a seed company and was able to take my marketing skills over to to gardening, which I've loved basically through um, the family, always being gardeners
0: and you actually work with david curley didn't you the great plant breeder
1: i did um I, I moved into unwinds in the early 90s and uh, david was my boss uh and i learned so much from him about horticulture he like, he says that he learned uh, about marketing from me but i don't believe him i think he knew it already <laughs> um but uh, yes of course he, he was uh, a great man at uh, unwinds uh, really uh, moved that company forward but then uh moved away to uh set up his own business um as a plant breeder, and of course uh, his first introduction was the wonderful Tumbelina petunia priscilla.
0: Amazing, Um, yes, still the double fragrant petunia that we measure all others by.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. It's a, it was an industry first and it's still the leader many, many years on. It must be 17, 18 years, I would think, Peter.
0: No, it's more than that. It's is over it? 20 years now. Oh, yeah.
1: Time Time is moving too quickly for me.
0: And and me. But what about DT <laughs> Brown? Because that goes back a good long way, doesn't it?
1: It does. 1908 um, is when we can trace DT Brown back to it was uh, set up by a guy called david thompson brown um, and it was set up up in portland filed up in lancashire um, David Brown uh, was a a Scotsman, a Cali Scotsman, he's been described as, and he saw a market supplying seeds to the local commercial growers up there. A lot of market gardens in those days around the major cities and conurbations, Liverpool, Manchester, and Portland Fard was good growing ground. A lot of um, commercial growers around there, and he supplied seed to them in wholesale. And the business developed from there, he then... um, Started to sell further afield with a with a, a, a range of sales reps, uh, and then mail order um i think probably in the 1920s that began it was a bit hazy but uh, he was selling direct to home gardeners at that sort of point as well
0: now you have one hell of a catalog now <laughs> don't you when when the latest one thumped through my letterbox over 200 pages 240 i think as the last count and growing still peter how do you how do you cope with all of that too? well <laughs>
1: It is frightening at times because within there, um, we are still concentrated on fruit and veg, but I think there are 900 vegetable seed varieties in there we also have flower seed varieties about 400 of those it takes um, a fair bit uh, of time to pull the catalogue together but of course a lot of the varieties run on from year to year and a lot of the the favourites today have been the favourites for the last 50 or 60 years so you know we roll them over in each of the catalogues and and, you know it makes life a little bit easier but uh, it is a labour of love though.
0: I mean if I look at something like carrots yes You've got 28 different kinds of carrot. Yep. Boy, that must take some coping. And 12 different kinds of F1 sprouts.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well a lot of our customers are very very keen um vegetable growers and they will tend to buy every year the ones they've bought forever but they also like to try something different and, and grow alongside it and season new ones so we're we are constantly trying to bring one or two new varieties in uh, which often come from commercial horticulture just to create the choice but equally one thing we always try and keep in mind that every variety must have a reason to be in there so there's no point in having you know five carrots that are exactly the same although they most of them look orange um they tend to be shorter uh, or they, they tend to be thinner um and, and so we go on peter that there's there's a reason for each of them so if you've got stony ground or you want to grow in patio pots there is a carrot for you and and that drives the range as well growing your own vegetables is a labor of love it's great fun as well growing something yourself seeing it from a seedling all the way through to the plate i think that's that's the most rewarding thing
0: Well, I think if we take something like potatoes, Mm. if uh, we'd suggested, what shall I say, 15 or 10 years ago, that you grew potatoes in pots, people would think you were balmy. (laughs) And, And now... Nearly all the potatoes in domestic situation are grown in pots, aren't they? Well, they are indeed.
1: And you can get a very, very good crop. You've got to keep the water up, of course. Um, and, and that's a bit more difficult in pots than perhaps in the open ground. But you can get a good, good crop. And, of course, nothing quite beats a new potato. I think that's one of the flavours that um, is evocative for most people of good food. Um, and I think that's that one thing. Growing just a few potatoes on the patio is a good thing to do.
0: Well, and on my heavy clay soil, no. yeah, of course, I don't have slugs in uh, a nice bit of uh, sterile compost in a pot. So at least uh, I get the potatoes, not the slugs. <laughs>
1: it's always a battle, that's the that's <laughs> thing, isn't
0: it? <laughs> and, and what about this move to uh, container growing of other kinds of vegetables? I mean, in, in your current catalogue, I see a pea called... Half pint.
1: Oh, yes, yes.
0: It's it's an oldish variety, believe it or not, that we've just brought
1: back. But uh, yes, you can even grow peas in patio pots but but equally um there are so many of the veg that you can grow in pots, and i think that's so important today with, with certainly with new housing there's no gardens anymore many people have just got a, a, a concrete square at the back garden and you can still grow veg uh, and, and salads in a few pots by the back door and i think that's important and and, and we're constantly looking for varieties like that and we've seen an upsurge of uh, of uh, sales of items that will grow in pots. Yes, I'm not.
0: I'm not surprised as gardens shrink, hmm. um, you d- and you don't have to dig, do you? No. It can just be a raised bench somewhere.
1: Exactly, and and, and you 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 can just make an entry in, into growing your own veg. And I think uh, once you've got the bug, you might start looking for an allotment locally. I think that's the thing as well, Peter.
0: And do you really want me to eat this sun green tomato? <laughs>
1: Personally, I wouldn't eat it. Uh, Peter because i 'm a great believer like square i 'm an old square, I believe in red tomatoes, uh, and so does my wife. I, I struggle getting her to uh, to eat sun gold, which I think is one of the tastiest tomatoes out, uh, but it, because it 's not quite red uh, she 's not so keen but We we like to offer choice. They're not big sellers, Peter, I'll I'll be honest with you, but there are choice there, um, and that's why there are so many tomatoes in there. Many of our tomatoes, which are our best sellers today, have been our best sellers for years, Um, but we see it, again, as as one of the things we should do is to introduce new varieties, put them before people, and if they want to grow, them, they can. If they don't, we'll take them out of the catalogue as part of that process of keeping it fresh uh, and, and giving people new things to grow.
0: Well, I hope you'll keep the tomato country taste in there because of the big ones, the beefsteak types. I think that country taste tomato is an absolute winner Uh, and I'll be growing it alongside a Gigantomo. Oh, right, Uh, right. I mean, I have held one that weighed over a kilogram, (laughs) Uh, uh, but I want to see whether I can uh, match that. Why, Why is it we're so competitive, we gardeners?
1: Well... I'm not quite sure, but I think I think once once we get involved in gardening, we we do want to grow the biggest or the earliest uh, or the latest or, or, or whatever. I think that's just challenging ourselves. I think as gardeners, I think that that's the thing. I mean, clearly um, we also sell a lot of varieties which are for the show bench. Um, but I think even if you're not a grower for showing, I think you just like to perhaps grow the biggest or the earliest, so that we can say I like showing off to my neighbours if I can. And I think there's a bit of that about it, Peter. Well.
0: If I have to mention one cultivar within uh, your catalogues, I have to make mention of cabbage cab-ice, don't I? We had that at Chelsea. And yes. you, you flew those uh, cabbages in, I think, from California or somewhere for us. We
1: did. Uh, we did. All the way from California just to get there for May in, uh, for Chelsea.
0: Yeah. We even had members of the royal family tasting them. Mm. Uh, and it is a remarkable cabbage, isn't it?
1: It is. It's it's an absolute cracker. Um, I think we call it the cabbage that thinks it's an iceberg lettuce because you can shred it into a salad and and, and it's got such a lovely sweet taste and I I can still picture you at Chelsea cutting it up and and offering it to people and they couldn't get past uh, you at Chelsea without (laughs) eating some of it, Peter. Uh, I'm very happy that you did that for us. Thank you very much indeed. No, 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 I
0: don't know how we got that big carving knife in (laughs) on the Monday of the royal visit. <laughs> you beat security there. <laughs> now, could I also, Tim, just have a quick word about the Sweet Pea Scarlet Tunic?
1: Mm.
0: Now, can you tell us the background to that?
1: Well, Sweet Pea Scarlet Tunic is uh, something we do with um, Chelsea Pensioners, so the Royal Hospital Chelsea, and going back to 2014, we we um, created an association with them to commemorate 100 years since the start of the First War. And we we started selling a a, a poppy, um, which gave 25p from every packet sale to. Um, The the, the hospital. We've replaced that now with a sweet pea um, called Scarlet Tunic to remind us all of the um, tunics of the Chelsea Pensioners dressed in all in their red down there. Um, Some wonderful uh, boys and girls down there they are. Uh, Really good fun. I know know that uh, you've met many of them Peter and think the same. Um, And this sweet pea is a blend of reds uh, all Spencer types um, and It's a beautiful sweet pea, but the other thing is we give 25p to the Royal Hospital for every packet sold. And with 19, um, 18, going to be 100 years uh, next year, then we're hoping for for good sales as well and give some money to the Chelsea pensioners. We've raised so far well in excess of £50,000 for the hospital.
0: That's a tremendous sum of money. Yeah. Yeah. I've planted out my scarlet tunic Good. under a polytunnel at one of the schools and so we're optimistic that we'll have a few flowers for Chelsea, keep our fingers crossed. Yes. Uh,
1: and I'm hoping the Chelsea pensioners themselves are growing a few as well to bring along. Um, and um, hopefully that'll all be there for, for Chelsea Flower Show this year. You think certainly the pensioners a... will be. I hope they bring some sweet peas with them.
0: <laughs> you think there might be a little competition again, eh? who's oh! got the best scarlet We hope so, Peter, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit uh, of fun. <laughs> t- Tim, you're right at the sharp edge, mm. knowing what gardeners are doing across the country. Uh, how's this season going? How's January and February been? what do you think of the current well, unbelievably mild weather in March and how do you see the future this coming spring?
1: Well it's looking good at the moment uh, as, as a gardener myself but also somebody that's in our industry and supplying gardeners um, sales of our packet seeds are incredibly up year on year started well in January because it's mild you hit the nail on the head if it's if it's mild early people want to start sowing seeds or at least getting seeds in, in home because everyone's itching to get going and that's continued through February and is certainly continuing through March. Um, we're seeing very, very good sales of seeds, but we're also seeing young veg plants as well. Um, good I mean, sales. That,
0: that, that's a tremendous development, isn't it? The sale of plants as opposed to seeds of vegetables.
1: Fantastic. That, um, and We're seeing sales increasing at 20% every year for vegetable plants um, and also grafted plants growing at uh, 30% a year
0: and i think they're amazing increases aren't they
1: they are and i don't know whether it's convenience um for existing gardeners or if it's a nice safe entry point for people starting to grow for the first time um and that that may well be the thing but they, they, it's a bit of confidence i think sometimes people are a little little worried about growing from seeds but at least if you've got the plants you can put them in and there they are uh, and we're hoping that once they do that, they move further down the food chain and and really enjoy growing from seed, which I I always think is real gardening, seeing seeds grow. But veg plants, certainly, especially brassicas, um, we're seeing very, very good um, growth rates. And to answer your initial question, it's looking very good, a mild spring. I think people are thinking gardening um, and they they are out there now. And I think it's going to continue pretty good for us all.
0: Well, I hope it is, Tim. Thank you very much indeed. It's good to chat to you today. Wish you a very successful season. uh, And I'll be out there sowing my seeds this weekend with a bit of luck.
1: Good on you, Peter. Thank you very much indeed.
0: You can subscribe to the Sun Gardening newsletter at sungardening.co.uk and you can subscribe to the podcast by pressing the subscribe button on iTunes. Our thanks again to our sponsors, Mr. Fothergill Seeds. And thanks to you for listening. We'll be back next Thursday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.